Bienvenue, Konnichiwa, Ni Hao Jambo, Marhaba. Time for the Army's Inquisition yet again, episode 199 on Sunday, the 12th of September. I'm Amish Phil, Amish Matt's disappeared. We just had a chat with the New York Patriot and Lux from the Occult Rejects podcast, and it was good fun. We had a good laugh. Talks about 9 11 and gun control and magic and uh, you know it was just good spending some time with the lads 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 um, so check that out check out the links in the show notes uh, check out the podcast they go into great depth researching and, and producing podcasts on various occult topics conspiracy topics so um, I hope you enjoy it and then we did some housekeeping Rona news and you know talk about focusing your chi in the second half, don't miss it. Alright. See you next week for episode 200. Take care of yourselves and each other. Tra. Bye! What did you do? Well, welcome everyone, everyone who's listening. Um, we've got New York Patriot and Lux here from the Occult Rejects. How are we doing, chaps? Good, good, good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good. Considering the yeah. shit storm that's out there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you got everything working. Well, we were just talking about that the uh, they've cancelled plans for a, a, a vaccine passport over here, um, but it's being kept in reserve apparently um, <laughs> for when they really need it. Yeah, I was uh, I was going to ask uh, you that. Like, what's actually? I mean, I didn't know. Like, I don't want to get too off the topic of that you had, but since I'm talking to somebody in the United Kingdom, I really don't know what truthfully is going on over there. So that would be interesting to hear that for a second or two, if you don't mind. That makes two of us, mate. Yeah. No one knows what's going on. And it, the situation is so fluid, <laughs> fluid, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, so, sort of things were being said, weren't they, up until two days before that they, they came out and said that they weren't going to do vaccine passports, saying that they were. Um, so, you know, one... And then, like, another thing recently was one body... The JCVI, what, what's the acronym stand for? Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunity. Have said are not recommending vaccines for 12 to 15-year-olds, but then it's been forwarded to the Chief Medical Officer to make a final decision. Um, and sort of the reports being put out into the papers are sort of saying that he's swaying towards it being um, in favour of it. I think he said, didn't he? Yeah, we we have a committee when it comes to vaccines, mm. like an expert committee, and they decide on the schedules and which vaccines we're going to implement and whatever. Uh, and they've, they've been looking at the... Well, it's they, like Fauci and the CDC. Yeah, same thing, yeah, the FDA. So, uh, well, that's, so that's case, what I was going to say. I mean, you could honestly make it easier on <laughs> yourself and just get a dictator like Fauci. That way you don't have to have a whole committee. You know, it's just... <laughs> Well, well that, that's the thing, you like see. It's like a dictatorship, you know. 
the the committee have said we're not going to do it. We're not going to. Mm. We don't recommend the the jab for kids 12, 12 and over. But the government have already decided that that's not the answer they wanted. So mm. they've thrown it to the chief medical officer, and we're all expecting him to come out right. Im- imminently and say, "Well, on the balance, mm. we think that uh, it would be in children's interest to and, get the pokey poke." And it would be the first time ever, wouldn't it, that it, it's been overruled a decision. I believe. Well, I mean, talk about first time ever. I mean, I can't remember being locked in my house oh, well, before. Yes, yeah, um, I can't remember people being paid to stay at home. No. There's, you know, the, the amount of precedents that have been set over the last <laughs> 18 months is terrifying to me. And, I mean, you've had a massive development just a couple of days. I saw, I saw the, the speech that Captain America gave on, was it Thursday or Friday? Oh, my God. Sleepy Uncle Joe. I think that was Thursday, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, yes. that must that's have... Right, yeah, because I had went on a show Thursday night talking about that. Right. That whole situation, and uh, I was talking about it. You know, he, from what, you know, my wife was told the next day at work that uh, he can't just make the Department of Labor do what he wants them to do. That's not something that's going to happen overnight, but I really think the worst thing about what he was doing that night was making the 25%, which I think is a lot bigger, actually, of unvaccinated people seem like the enemy to people's life. Yeah, the line. Yeah, exactly. That's Even scary. Them. Yeah. That was scary shit. That was like watching Hitler come to life. The, the, yeah. the, the, I picked up on the language that he was using, and it was it was it was terrifying. And po- I would say politically motivated. I think he's got an eye on the midterms, and he's looking at scapegoating. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's trying to associate unvaccinated with Republican. Yeah. Oh yeah. And conspiracy theory. Anything mm-hmm. that you know. Yeah. Conspiracy theory related. I mean, I, mean, I know do, people who got the vaccination and they still don't agree with Mandos. They still don't agree with that. No, I, I, can, I can believe that. I mean, well, I, yeah. And the thing is, once it goes in, go on, I, I was going to say, once they, once they get this through, once they get this through and they finally, you know, their goal for, for all of this, in my opinion, is to make sure that they can track the locations of everyone who's got the application and anybody who steps out of line that boom, immediately shut off things like your bank account or access to food or grocery stores or, you know, essential services. And so once they can get the vaccine in and then the, the, because, you know, the contact tracing was the first step, but the application that's on your phone is the end goal. And if that happens, we're, I mean, we've gone really far over the edge, especially if the majority of the public yeah. accepts it. Yeah. I mean, even, even in New York where I am right now, because I'm in the five boroughs, I cannot go to a gym. I cannot go eat inside of a restaurant. I cannot go to a movies. I cannot do any type of function that's inside of a place without a vaccination. Now I literally have to go and drive 20, 30 minutes into Long Island out of the boroughs to be able to do any of that. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I find it amazing, really, that it's kind of come down to that kind of thing, really. How far it's come yeah. in such a short space of uh, short short space of time. Mm. It's like they're trying to cram through as much of this agenda as they can within this window. Well, we've heard fucking Klaus Anelswab talk about it, haven't we? This unique window of opportunity. 
Yeah. So, you know, to, for, his, <laughs> for his fucking great reset. And, the, you know, it's the old don't let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> yeah. But we've, we've sort of had a stay of execution because I think it was in July when Bojo the Clown, our dear leader, announced that we were going to have this, <laughs> this uh, vaccine passport system. And it was just going to be for nightclubs. And then it was going to be sports stadiums or large events. And I think pretty much from the time he announced it, I was sort of saying on here and that that this is probably just coercion for the young people, just to just mm. to get as many of the young people over yeah. the line to to cut to uh, acquiesce and and take the magic juice. And so, it, and that seems to be how it's panned out. And that you know, at the eleventh hour, they've decided to step back, but. We've got Macron in France. We've got Biden in America who are rolling forward. So that leaves mm-hmm. me to feel that this is just a stay of execution and that, like what you were saying, looks that this is all part of the plan. Digital tracking, contact tracing, social credit score, tying a digital central bank currency into that, and you're absolutely fucked. <laughs> and there's no way back. Right. Right. And, I mean, it's something me and my wife were talking about the other day. It's just, you know, so much hysteria. If you look at the news, it's every single article, every single, you know, YouTube channel for CBS, ABC, every single day, it is nothing but just, and I'm sure it's the same way for you guys over there, stuff like the daily mail, but I mean, just the constant new updated stories about the vaccine and how safe it is. And I mean, they do the same story over and over and over again. Oh, Oh, it is just creating all of this fear. And I mean, and then we were sitting there and I, we don't know anyone who's even gotten severely sick from it. So, I mean, <laughs> like, the same now. all this time later, yeah, all this time later, I mean, if it was really that dangerous, I mean, at least what I know about pandemics, I should at least know someone who's gotten seriously ill from it, you know? And the great thing about yeah. the proper- I was, I was even watching something like, go, go on, hey, go ahead. I was just going to say the great thing about the propaganda in our, like just, in our country is that we're paying for it as well. Because yeah. uh, I pulled the stats, uh, it was about two, about two podcasts ago, last, the last podcast, the one before, and uh, the UK government is now the number one ad spe- advertising spender in the UK, uh, followed closely behind by Public Health England. I think they were fifth place. Knocked out Unilever and fucking Nestle and all the rest of them. So we're paying we're paying for ourselves to be propagandized. It's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking insane. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's not too much different here either because we have uh Obama, you know, he lifted the propaganda against American, you know, I guess it was like a uh somewhere in the law that you couldn't use propaganda directly against American citizens or the general public. And he let that expire. So now, after him, it's totally legal for them to do propaganda against the American people. And it probably is honestly taxpayer-funded, too. So it's not that far off from you guys over there. Yeah, that was the Smith-Muntz Act, wasn't it? Yeah, something along those lines. I think. I'm sure I've heard the odd man talk about it. You know, I'm surprised. How How come Trump didn't reinstate that, I guess, or add time to it? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, 
Wait, trust the plan, though. <laughs> I was going to say where, where where you two fall on Trump because there's sort of division. There are people who think he was going to be this savior, and other people who think he was a, a charlatan. No fucking savior, no. I would still prefer him over Biden, but he's not no fucking savior. He's not saving anybody. Agreed. <laughs> and and in, my, in my opinion, in my opinion, I'm going to put it this way: I think the whole situation was to give us a president that you know bitch ass motherfuckers hated and cried about, so then they could beg for fucking socialism. Yeah, 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 and then further to the divide between the right and the left because the the right and the left both got radicalized during at least in the United States during that time during those four years you saw the right go so far right that they believed that Trump was literally a savior and then you saw the left move so far left I mean that that they went literally crazy I mean you could see them screaming in the streets (laughs) so in order to to create that divide is so valuable for the you know the controllers or the new world order, however you want to, you know, however you want to classify it, because my prediction is that Trump's going to get back in and it's going to create, it's going to even further the divide because ultimately what I think that they want is civil war and fear and chaos and whatever that looks like. But I, I think that's what they want. So they have to create the divide. So, so, so drastically that people just have lost all sanity and now, you know, they're going to beg for Trump back, even though he mm. did so many things wrong. Uh, people are just after after this, after Biden, <laughs> like Biden or Trump's going to look like, uh, you know, the best president ever. So people will just worship him to come back. It's funny because I mean, even I, think of it this way. I mean, if there was. Sorry, it's all right. We've got a bit of a delay, I think, but it's, it's all right. Carry on. NY. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, for one just there's two things I want to talk about. One, just for, I mean, if you think about where we got this vaccination from, I mean, all right, it's here now it's too late, but uh, if Trump didn't have a project warp speed, there'd be nothing to mandate on people. You know what I'm saying? And, and another thing like Lux was saying, in my opinion, I think they want a civil war. And the crazy thing is, is that if you push people uh, hard enough um, you know, whatever type of military there will be um, for after the fact, they won't need to do anything probably for a week because we'll be killing each other for that long before they need to even come in to take out the rest of us. I remember back in November, right before the election, I can't remember who, which get we had someone on from the States. And I remember yeah. saying, like, I'm, I'm afraid of what's going to happen in your country if Trump wins. Because I thought, I think, you know, that I was at the time I was thinking that is going to drive the left so insane mm. that all bets are off. Yes. And, uh, yes. But luckily, you got the most popular president ever. Exactly. The most yeah. votes ever. Absolutely. Captain America, the most votes yeah. ever. I mean, it's, it's a hell of an achievement. <laughs> it was. For some, uh, basically a reanimated corpse. <laughs> I think a uh, reanimated corpse has more co- coherent thought processes. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, hell, hell. even in zombie movies, they could make it all the way up a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they, but, they, they, they got zombies that can walk better on Walking Dead than that fucking guy. I mean, I mean, you're laughing, but imagine how paper thin his shins are. 
Do you know what I mean? He just just sheared the skin off his shins. Oh, doing yeah, that. falling down the. Uh, it was the elevator coming out of the plane, wasn't it? Or was that a video I saw? Yeah, he was going, he was going up to Air Force One, wasn't he? And he uh, fell fell up the stairs three times, I think. Do you th- do you think his days are numbered? Are you th- do you think yeah. they're just waiting to uh, usher Kamala in? Yeah, that's what NY and I were talking about the other day. Is it seems like that's a perfect plan is to make him look so bad that then Kabbalah comes in to save the day. Kabbalah. Yeah, but that's been the plan all along, in, in my so. opinion. Yeah. When was the last time that that happened? Kabbalah is going to come in and save the day for them. Yeah. When was the last time a vice president took over? Was it I mean, JFK? You... Yeah, I presume it was Would JFK. It, uh, it might have been. Right, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry, are we going to say something? Well, that's looks- arguable under George Bush Jr. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, uh, yeah, that was Cheney, wasn't it? Was that Dick Cheney? Yeah, so I was going to say he ran most of that presidency, really. Yeah, and that's that's pretty topical with it being the 12th today. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you're in New York, NYP. I mean, what's what was it like there yesterday? Yeah. Were, you, were you out and about and seeing what was going on and... Yeah, I was on about. I could say honestly, really. Uh, I mean, I was a little worried. Maybe there was a couple of times something might have popped into my head, like you know, like you know, because I'm, you know, I'm not in Manhattan, but I am in the five boroughs, and if something was to seriously happen, I might be affected by that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I did worry about that, but I mean, it seemed to be uh, same day as usual. It's funny the uh, the media has been saying for the last twenty years on on nine eleven that there's, there's an imminent threat of a terrorist attack and they've got it wrong so far every year. Nothing's happened, has it? No, thankfully. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that, it's just to keep the narrative going to stoke mm. the stoke the fear, you know. And even then, you look. I mean, it's so crazy to see the narrative here in the United States. I saw more propaganda yesterday. I saw more articles yesterday that we're saying the 9-11 museum is racist and Islamophobic and, you know, the, the entire country got turned into Islamophobes after 9-11 and how it did irreparable damage. I saw more articles like that than talking about the actual event of 9-11. Wow. Really? That's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've even seen shit about them talking about uh, how we view people because of 9-11 now. It's fucking sad. See, I, I remember quite vividly there was sort of a, in the immediate aftermath, there was like a flooding of, I would say like a flood of goodwill towards America from the international community. Do you, mm. re- do you remember that, Matt? I seem to, yeah. I think so, yeah. And people out on the streets singing USA and stuff. Maybe maybe this is just programming and it didn't even happen. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking okay, no. hell. <laughs> maybe you have been I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> 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 yeah, really. Well, it's funny. It's, it, that yeah, sounds I like sort of re- rewriting history. Yeah, it's a Mand- Mandela effect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, if you get at first, they got so much done with the Patriot Act, and now it's just them using the exact opposite approach. Is you know now saying that we're all. Islamophobes and that we have a more serious problem with systemic racism than we do terrorism. And, you know, they, they just use the, those events for so many different opportunities of propaganda. 
yeah, it comes back to sort of the the military industrial angle as well, doesn't it? And uh, the the power of the lobby of the defence contractors and such, um, just to try and make hay and and make the most they can out of uh, horrible situations like that. It's distressing, really, is it? Mm-hmm. So, um, right. Yeah, you know, I want to add on to something Lux had said. Uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know thing with now and then uh, i was even saying on a show yesterday i mean if you think about it 9 11 we had uh in my opinion you know obviously what happened is not the way uh it went down i believe you know totally different um which i think well i think we would all agree on that uh but if you think about it then uh we were scared of terrorists the war on terror uh the war on somebody i can't see the war on something i don't know when it's coming it's, it's over there somewhere. I can't see it, though. But I'm scared to fucking death in my head now. And 20 years later, the same fucking thing. Scared to death of something we cannot fucking see. <laughs> yeah. And now people are offering to give up their rights for that instead of the government saying, well, you know, we're going to have to take away someone for, some, for your safety. Now people are asking for them to take it away. Because they want safety, because they're, uh, you know, mentally imbalanced and uh, have irrational fears. Yeah, well, I, I, I know what you're saying. I have a lot of sympathy for people who, you know, some people they take in this this mainstream media all day, and you know, they, I feel like they're victims in some sense. The the people who have this immense level of fear they can't sort of go to the website and look at what the actual fatality rate is for this thing, whatever it is. Um, but, the, you know, they just soak up this messaging constantly and they're told to be afraid. We had some really horrific posters, didn't we, in our country at bus stops. The one where it was like an old man, a man's grey face with the nasal cannula in. And, mm, what, what, and, and videos as well. Videos. But what, what was the hook line? What was the catchphrase? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> it it could be you. Oh, probably right. a summit, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, it's just... It could oh, be you. Oh, like, you know, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> like, what are you doing to keep people out? of That kind of thing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, putting the onus on mm. people to, to behave a certain way. And we have something called the Be- Behavioural Insights Team, which works closely with Number 10, and it's, it's behavioural psychologists it's populated mm. with. Mm. And they know exactly what they're doing. All the messaging you get from official sources is very carefully crafted for the mm. for the um, utility that it's been made for. You know, mm. it's no accident. The words they choose are chosen deliberately. And yeah. I, I wonder if this has some links to what you two guys have been been doing with the the occult stuff. Is there a sort of a does this power of words have a link to occult practice and magic? For sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I even think 9-11 and COVID was a psyop anyway. It was all like through like magic, in my opinion. Yeah, it seems to me that they're both rituals. We're, we're complete noobs when it comes to occult stuff. I mean, I, I've read bits around the edges, around the theosophy and other esoteric subjects, and I've never really got into occult practice, although we've spoken to a few practitioners, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, those were the, the only two sort of insights having into the occult. Yeah. Really. 
So, I mean, I don't know. Just maybe you could tell us a bit more about how, sort of how practically it works. How how does this power of words, how does it happen? Why does it happen? I would, I would honestly say when it comes to uh, a lot of the occult, people many times think that it's, you know, like Harry Potter with the wands. And we've said this a lot is that, you know, magic is, uh, there's, many things to what magic actually is, but one of the major components to magic is the ancient and deep understanding of the human psyche. They have figured out psychology in such a deep way, like these dark magicians that, you know, in the new world border and things like that, they're able to use colors, which, which is, corresponding to frequencies, even sounds, you know, the, the way something is worded, letters themselves have values, you know, uh, numerology wise. And then it's just, they have a deeper understanding of the, those principles than the public does. And so they use it as a weapon against us for manipulation and, uh, uh, you know, to form the entire public opinion. Yeah, and, and I guess a lot of it works subconsciously on the populace, does it? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I would even say, and I bet you, I'm sure Lux would even agree with this. I mean, if you have to, you know, to, in order to do magic, like he said, it's very psychological. Um, you're going to have to know yourself so well that you'll know other people. It would be easy, probably because of me and Lux knowing that, being able to put out some fucking piece of shit podcast that would probably be fucking popular as shit because we're just going to spread a bunch of bullshit fucking propaganda like most of them are on the right and people would eat that shit up because we're going to use those correct fucking sayings the correct fucking words specific colors and specific sounds and people will eat that fucking shit up not even knowing that's that's how well you will know yourself that you could we could easily put out crap for people to fucking shovel up and, you know, and it would be easy for us. Yeah. And that's, you just think about putting somebody in as a politician now that knows that shit, what they're capable of doing. It sounds like, uh, think about how good the proper, I was just going to say, it sounds like magic is sort of a, a loaded term and it's maybe, I don't know what the etymology is or where the word comes from, but it's probably not suitable. It sounds more like fucking marketing and <laughs> and like psychology, really. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Especially sort of like the rituals and stuff. Yeah, I remember, yeah, um, what was the guy called? Fra- Scott Off- Adams. Uh, I can't remember. Affirmations. No, I was thinking about the guy who came on the podcast. Oh, Rudolph. Rudolph. I was say Rudolph. <laughs> It wasn't Rudolf Hess. It wasn't Rudolf Steiner. <laughs> it was Rudolf Berger from yeah. the Thoth Hermes yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And he was talking about sort of rituals and stuff, wasn't he? And it just sounded a little bit like um, group psychology, really. Yeah. And that, I suppose it, 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 from what I got from it, you could, I, I can kind of relate to a sense of magic from sort of when you do things like that as a group. Could you not? Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm getting at. I think, like uh, Luke said, you say magic, people think wands and Harry Potter and the rabbit out the hat, whereas it's, it's it's a loaded term. It's not the right term. There's something there's something there that is, is not aptly described by that word. 
No. It's got too many other connotations, yeah. mm. historical connotations that uh, we can't get out, away from. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, the thought or the intention of whatever your ritual is, you know, you're going to integrate corresponding symbols into that that may be aligned with, you know, planetary uh, powers or things like just take uh, 9-11, for example. Right. So it's the Twin Towers. Well, in the occult, you have the two pillars. Right. So these pillars represent, you know, goodness versus or light versus dark, I guess, would be a good analogy for them. And but they uh, they represent balance, sort of just like in Star Wars, where you have, you know, the Sith or whatever, and then you have uh, like the Jedi. So that's as far as nine eleven is concerned. That symbology of them knocking down the towers was them knocking down the old order, the old way of things to create the new order, a new aeon or a new age. So it's collapsing the two pillars which were which are represent stability because they you know um they're direct opposites of each other so when they take the the twin towers down it's the insinuation that there's no more order this is a new order and it's going to be under the order that we decide that it's going to be and it's going to be chaos Mm -hmm. yeah i would even say like even looking at one thing that i love to bring up just the flight numbers in my opinion it's fucking sketchy. You have flight 93. Uh, 93 is the numerical value of the word Thelema. Um, that is a way me, uh, when I was an active member in the OTO, we would greet each other by 93. You know? Oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah, oh, MY, MY. And you have. MY, just quickly. Flight. Just for, just for yes. noobs, just to explain Thelema, OTO, Crowley. Because some people probably never heard of the, the term Thelema before. Uh, the Ordo Templi Orientis, that is the OTO. It was a secret society that started off in the early 1900s. Uh, there is supposedly, you know, rumors and things written in books that it started before then with an unknown name or under a different name. That I cannot tell you. I don't know. Speculation could be true. But uh, Theodore Roos, and again, I'm going to have to write this, guys. I always forget the other. There's like one or two other people that were kind of uh, involved. I forget their name. But he started it. It was an offshoot of Freemasonry, actually. Uh, if you were a Freemason, you automatically could convert over to whatever degree you were equal to. Um, so it was actually associated with Masonry. Then Alistair Crowley eventually took it over and uh, took out a bunch of the degrees and separated it from the Masons. And then they started going by his book of the law as being like the, uh, I guess, the Bible of the OTO. And then, you know, it's the only other way I could put it. And uh, he had the idea, do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law. Love is the law, love and the will. Uh, and Thelema in Greek uh, also would be, uh, would be equal to 93. So that's where you get the 93 from. And so, and it also also for uh, the word uh, Thelema, I think is will, and then agape is love. Right. So, like ninety three in uh, numerical to uh, in Greek will you know give you those two words also. Was Thelema the the sort of the philosophy the name that he gave for the philosophy, Alistair Crowley's philosophy? Uh, they'd be called like Thelemites if you believed uh, if you if you followed Thelema, you'd be considered a Thelemite. 
Right, yeah. So flight 93 mm. is related to that. Was there some other numerical yes. numerology connections? Uh, flight uh, 175, I think it was. Whatever, I could be wrong on the specific number. That one, uh, whatever flight that one is, that one was also a book called uh, Liber Astarte or Liber 175. Uh, that was a book written by Alistair Crowley. And it's about how to give like adorations and uh, offerings to gods. And then you have flight 77, which is uh, Alistair Crowley's Liber Oz or Liber 77. And that is like the commandments for the Thelemite. Fucking hell. And then one of the commandments in the, and one of them would be if somebody tries to hurt you, you are all allowed to kill them. So I, I, you know, who knows if that has something to go along with uh, what happened that day. Uh, and then yeah. adorations, adorations and offerings to gods. There was a lot of people in that building for that. Oh my God. Those that's, buildings. That's dark. <sighs> and then think about the fact, you know, the terrorists, right? They, they crashed a plane into the Pentagon. Okay. <laughs> now in the occult, the Pentagon, the pentagram is an extremely important symbol to Earth. So uh, the five-pointed star, the pentagram, it's, it's, you know, the pentagon is a five-sided building. And so they're flying a plane into the pentagon to represent sort of like the destruction of harmony on Earth mm. because of the yeah. pentagram. So it's sort of them like piercing the pentagram uh, you know, with a, with an outside force. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I would say. Um, now for Lux, I think because he's in the Golden Dawn, you probably, if you had a pentacle, it was actually a hexagram, right? Don't they make you make one? Actually, you're supposed to make like a, uh, like a, hen- a hexagram thing. Yeah, or uh, we do the pentagram too. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I even have like on a piece of wood. If if I could reach it, I would grab it. I use it to put a candle on top of now. But I had a piece of wood that had a pentagram on it. And if I was charging something, a talisman, an amulet, or a fucking candle, anything, I would put it on there because that is representing Earth. That's representing here, and I'm calling in whatever I want into here. X marks the spot, you know, kind of. Uh, so that's not like exactly what Lux is saying. And then the plane hits the fucking Pentagon. It's kind of like saying, well, we're pulling in whatever we want yeah. and we're bringing it here. It's wild, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I'd never even considered these sort of occult connotations to nine 11. I, I sort of, I guess I tend to always try and gravitate towards more prosaic stuff. And like with the Pentagon, I think <laughs> about, Donald Rumsfeld coming out the day before saying, oops, we can't account for $2.3 trillion. Oopsie. And then all, all of a sudden, the next Oopsie, day, something man. something happened and it wasn't a story anymore. It's like, fuck. I never contemplated that there would be there could be sort of uh, occult symbolism. This is what fascinates me, is all the symbolism in, in the occult world and numerology and stuff. It's just, you can just get lost in it. There's so much. And then think about how effective 9-11 was. I mean, they passed the Patriot Act, which gave surveillance over every single American. I mean, it was a very well-done ritual. I'm not saying well-done as in as I, I liked it or I thought it was a good thing, but it's obvious to me as an occultist that that was a very 
well-thought-out structured ritual. And that's why it was so effective with its results. Yeah, I think so. You're right. How much planning do you think had to go into mm. this ritual? Oh, who knows? Yeah, oh. I mean, they, they plan stuff out. A lot of these groups plan stuff out decades ahead uh, before when they actually, you know, try to achieve that goal. It's so difficult I mean, I'll, because... I'll put it this way. We even... Oh, sorry. Go, go on. Go, go on out, NY. Well, no, I was actually going to go into the January 6th ritual, but if you want to still talk about 9-11, man, no, I'll let you go first. No, that's fine. Go on. Well, like I, I had made... Um, I don't know what Lux thought about it, actually, but for me, I, I think he might have agreed with what I was thinking, too. I was expecting something to maybe come about in August or September because of what happened in January. But uh, I could be wrong on that still. But I do think that that was for a war ritual, for sure. Well, we, Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was interesting. Um, yesterday, we had George W. speaking, and there was... I didn't actually catch it. I've only caught it secondhand, but there was some sort of intimation towards domestic terrorists calling back to the January 6th events. Did, you, did either of you catch that? No. No. But I'll tell you this, you fool me once. I, you, <laughs> I can't get fooled again. <laughs> now watch this drive. <laughs> yeah, now watch this drive. <laughs> I mean, there's never been... To me, there's never been a... OBGYN. Fuck, yeah, what did he say? About? I can't remember it now. He's, he's said... Uh, He's, he said, uh, yeah, I'm passing legislation today so that the, uh, uh, the OBGYNs can practice their, their, their love for women. <laughs> I mean, there's just never been a better example of a puppet, has it? No. I mean, it just, I mean, we saw it from our side of the pond. We, I mean, that was my impression that this guy was... I don't want to be... I was going to call him a moron, but I don't want to be unfair to morons. I mean... <laughs> he seemed... He always seemed... He, he seemed like a fool. He seems like what Boris is to us now, I suppose. Well, think? Boris is more of a clown. Right, okay. <laughs> I would say. But George yeah. W., our impression from the media we receive over here was that he was... Yeah. He was sort of... Dang, that George W. was dangerously... Incompetent. Incompetent, yeah, good yeah. way of putting it. I mean, just it just makes a mockery of the whole fucking system, doesn't it? That, mm. you know, you, you want your most capable person in that job. You've got 330 million people. You want the best person for the job. And my sort of view is, is that if you want the job, you should be ruled out from it immediately <laughs> because no one should want that job either. Why yeah. on earth would anyone want yeah. that job? I fucking won't want it. I wouldn't want to have to press a button that sends a drone strike on someone. Oh, we might kill 10 civilians, we might kill 15, but it's worth it to get this guy who we don't like. Mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't want to do that. No, I know, yeah. What uh, What do you think? Are they all psychopaths? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, awesome. absolutely. I don't think you get into that position without being a, a psychopath. Hmm. Or extremely disassociated, which could do the same thing. Being able to sort of compartmentalize things in your head, to sort of push that over in your your psyche somewhere and not think about it, because 
<laughs> watch this drive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's a perfect example, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. I don't know how well, they can you, sleep you at night. At, you look at Joe Biden, right? So, the, you know, he does a terrible withdrawal, which in my opinion is absolutely on purpose <laughs> to rearm the Taliban so that we can go back into Afghanistan for another, you know, 20 years or something like that. But, you know, so he he strands all these Americans and then he does a drone strike where he said, oh, well, we got the, the terrorists that were plotting it and uh, the, you know, the bombing at the gate of the airport and then come to find out that it was not terrorists that they did the drone strike on, but was actually aid workers who were lifting water bottles into the back of the car. And our military thought they were bombs. So they killed, I think it was like 11 children or something got killed during that attack. Seven. A bunch of aid workers. I think I think it was eleven. Was it? In, yeah. I think it was eleven or thirteen in total. Seven children. Yeah, and it was loading water bottles, and they sent, and what, they sent a Hellfire missile. And what is Biden's reaction to it? This is how you know he's a psychopath. Because if you knew that you had just done that, even by accident, you would do a statement to the public. I, I, I am unbelievably sad of the you know the lack of uh the intelligence community we got this one wrong but because they have no empathy he's out there cheering it on like it was a really great thing that he just did this and it's you know it's like it's his equivalent of watch this drive yeah. <laughs> have you what do you think of the, mm-hmm. the the alternative theory for the arming the taliban that they've maybe left that as a, a landmine for china when china decides to roll the Belt and Road Initiative through Afghanistan that they've got a well-armed Taliban there with a load of C-130s and Black Hawk helicopters and stuff. Do you think that could be a a, a motivation? Never even thought of that. Yeah, I, I could be. <laughs> it's because it's, I mean, it's, then it's 3D chess, it isn't it? That... Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then you give all of that hardware, military hardware, to the Chinese. I mean, they're going to back engineer it. You know, we left more Blackhawks over there than most countries have. So, <laughs> thirty-three. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, thirty-three. <laughs> thirty-three. And there was something else they left thirty-three of also. Yeah, it was one of the planes. But you know what's funny, guys, is that I look on you know TV and all of this stuff, and you see the the guns that we left behind. So I'm former military, and I, I like guns just as a hobby. And I'm telling you right now that the guns that they have are nicer than anybody's guns that I know are, live in the United States. So they're trying to take our guns away while, meanwhile, giving the Taliban a, a gun that's probably five times more expensive than the one that I have or any of my friends have. <laughs> Yo, this, you want to hear something? This is how fucked up this situation is. They left all those guns over there for those motherfuckers to use. And I go to get a fucking rifle yesterday. And just because I live in the five boroughs in the city, I need a fucking permit for a rifle, not even a handgun, for a fucking rifle or a shotgun. I can't even go into a store and arm myself right away with the, you know, the right that I have in New York. I cannot go buy a fucking gun when I feel like it until I have that permit. That's fucked up. Well, but we meanwhile, have... the Taliban has that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then uh, you get you, these you libtards pay, you pay out here that cry well. about this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you, get these, you get these leftist morons out here that think that New York needs stricter gun laws. 
Well, since you've never tried to buy one, maybe you don't know what the fuck they are, but it's not that fucking easy to get a gun in New York. So these pussies need to chill the fuck out and calm down. <laughs> I mean, we have a we have a completely different experience in the UK. We gave up our guns a long time ago. Did we have them? Yeah, I'm sure we did. Did we? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know what. Yeah. Why? Super soakers. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. I, 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 he's not widely available. It's mainly kind of shotguns, isn't it? Yeah, you can I don't have, know. You can have a shotgun for hunting. And that's mm. about it. Yeah. And it's got to be locked up in a case. Yeah. You have to be inspected. The police mm. come around and inspect your gun case. Allegedly. Well, well allegedly. Oh, do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a YouTube channel that I follow out of the, out of the UK. And uh, this YouTube channel, they upload videos about airsoft rifles. Okay, so just hobby rifles, things that just shoot pretty much compressed air and see small little pellets, you know. it's yeah. Do it for like squirrel hunting or something like that. They have marked his channel as being um, promoting firearms or something like that crazy in the UK. And they apparently went to his house to talk to him about this because he was uploading videos about airsoft guns. Well, this is what happens when... Just look at Australia. Mm. You know, they gave up their guns 10, 15 years ago after a mass shooting. And now the police check your deliveries when you're in isolation to make sure you're having the the required maximum six beers. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. You know. Oh. There's a lot to be said. You know, I'm sympathetic. I mean, most uh, people in the UK think that um, US are gun nuts. Yeah. That's the sort of the wide attitude. But mm. I'm sort of a contrarian in our, in our country in that I sympathise with the the Second Amendment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the, the reason why so many people in the United States are, you know, so even if they're just a regular average Joe, I mean, a lot of people just own a gun just because, you know, their dad gave it to them or... They go out hunting once or twice a year, but I would say the majority of the public, you know, who who's really into the Second Amendment stuff, it's because what's happening right now is what they have always feared would happen, mm-hmm. and we're in preparation to make sure that they were prepared should, you know, there come a time when the government has total control over your movement, over your liberty, you know, over the autonomy of your body, that they decide what they put into your body, including a shot. That's untested. And, uh, you know, you get a president like Joe Biden. So I would say a lot of the the interest in guns in America is in preparation for that oh shit moment. Mm. You know, know, the thing I would like to even say, too, and and this is how fucked up it is within the United States, too, with people thinking about gun problems. You know, you get a lot of these liberal cities that are always screaming about pushing this shit. If you, if every time somebody got killed by a fucking gun and, you know, they talk about this shit in the news on the newspaper, if they were to put the gun in the fucking picture that did it, I guarantee you 99 out of 100 are pistols anyway. Yeah, handguns, yeah. Yeah. Are pistols, they're not rifles or shotguns. So things that everybody needs a permit to go and get anyway is the fucking problem. It's not the rifle or the shotgun I can go buy at the store. It's the people buying the shit off of the streets illegally. Uh, I guess one, uh, the thing that springs to mind with that is that 
the sort of mass shootings that we've seen, the ones that I know about anyway, they tend to be people using rifles and oh. shotguns. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like out in Brooklyn or Queens or something, a dude gets fucking robbed and shot. I'm telling you, somebody ain't running out of a house with an AR to do it. They no. got a fucking pistol in their pocket. But it goes back to what you're saying. That's yeah, not looked, what the media focuses the... on. The fo- the media focuses on yeah, the mass yeah, no, shootings. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're totally where right. The, where the AR-15s and, and whatnot are being used. They don't report gang warfare, drug turf turf warfare where pistols are being used in the main in the main it's just a, it's just a it's a bias of the media reporting is all it yeah. is i mean in new right. york you can't even buy an ar if i wanted to go get a rifle i cannot buy a, a, an ar in new york it can't even have a handle on it <laughs> i mean they, i mean people don't realize some places how strict the gun laws are but yet they push this shit and scare people with it it's all you know just more psyops yeah, and it's the wording, too, because when you look at mass shooting, what what you would think is that if it's got to, if it's going to be classified as a mass shooting, then it has to be a big number of people, right? Maybe 10 plus? It's actually not. The criteria for mass shooting is above three people. So even in gang-related uh, shootings, things like that, see, we never hear about it because there, there are more, more homicides in mass shootings with pistols than there is with long guns. It's just the media decides which ones to focus on so they can drive a narrative. So, yep. sorry, just to clarify then, for me not knowing anything about guns or anything, is that is it easier to buy a pistol then legally than it is to obviously then to buy sort of like these rifles, these ARs or whatever they are? No, no. No. Right, okay, so it's just a it's different... Not, it's not easy to get anything, yeah. Right, okay. The yeah, thing- I mean, I will say in, in New York, if you live out like in Long Island or upstate, I know somebody, because they own their own business, they got a, a gun permit. But it's still not that easy to get a pistol permit. If you live in the city, you're fucked. It, it's so hard. Right. Yeah, same way for me. I mean, it's just the process is so lengthy. I, you know, in my state, I can actually have a viable threat against my life, and I still can't get a pistol within a week. Mm. I, I have to wait months and months. I mean, this could be a credible threat, and uh, you still have all of these hoops to jump through, all of this money to pay, and then you have to wait all of this time before you can get it. And, it, you know, it's just obviously a way for the state to get a ton of revenue and make sure, you know, that it's harder for certain people to get guns, but the majority of the time is just that's law abiding citizens because criminals aren't going to, they're not walking into gun shops. <laughs> they're going down to the street to buy one from, from someone who's importing them illegally, you know? So, yeah. And then I got to pay $180, $180 to do the application. If I want to fucking rifle, it's, it's money too. Just money. Has, is this something that you two have noticed sort of within your lifetime that it's big, it's been getting progressively harder or is this something that it's it's always been this way as far as you remember? Uh, for me, well, what are, what are you talking about on the like on the gun aspect yeah, or yeah. on the, the, the way society is right now? I was just talking about guns. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, do you think it's getting uh, think progressively it's harder? And like by the last, uh, yes, yes, yeah. And I mean, I grew up in a really rural area, and. You know, the culture inside of those areas in the United States is 
you learn to fire a gun for many different reasons. And it's just sort of a cultural thing because you go out hunting with your dad or you go target shooting with your grandfather or, you know, it's, uh, it's more of a, a culture of learning to be self-sufficient using firearms to gather food and things. And like how that. to use them correctly too. Right. And so you see it from a really young age. I mean, I had a gun in my hand at a very young age and it was always instilling this, this, you know, very, very strict rules that you do with firearms. So from a very early age, you learn not to put your finger on the trigger while handling a firearm or pointing it at anyone else. And so, you know, that type of responsible gun ownership, I would say, is the major- the vast majority of Americans. And that's the culture of why there's so many guns in the United States. And then they've tried to flip that to then, you know, make the gun the, the, the reason why there's so much violence instead of the deterioration of our culture and society. And so then it makes it harder for you to get guns, but it doesn't solve the problem of why there's more violence but then it's taking the, the more of the guns out of the, the hands of good people. Just, uh, just going back to the Taliban, I don't know if you noticed that with the uh, press conference the Taliban were doing, but they've had a bit of training as well regarding the index finger. Did you notice they're keeping it all, keeping the index finger straight in all the press conferences? It's almost like they were trained by the US I military. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say the same exact thing. They've got awfully good trigger <laughs> discipline. I mean, look, they definitely don't look as though they, you know, have had the best training in the world just visually. But when you see the way that they're carrying around guns, it definitely looks like they were trained. I mean, reminds me of some stuff from the U.S. military, in my opinion. Well, the military was probably the one that left them that blow up jet to pull to make it look like they were trying to get Ah. on a plane to go home. Oh, the the inflatable jumbo. Yes. And again, another another psyop, another psyop. People believe, like, like, listen. Do you think you have a better chance by hanging on a plane and making it to the United <laughs> States than dealing with the Taliban? I'll take my chances with the Taliban, actually, than thinking I can hang on to a plane overseas and and survive the land. Matt, I mean, who the fuck buys did, into this shit? You really when, think about it for a second. When the when the <laughs> Taliban uh, got to Kabul. Yeah. There was a video that came, and it's it's on the runway, and you see this this um, I think it's a C one thirty transport, and it's coming towards the camera, and there are all these Afghans running, waving their hands, running along it. There's a guy sat on it texting, sat on the fucking side of the plane texting while it's taking off. Yeah. But you look at it, and it just looks weird. You look at the windows, and they look plastic. Yeah. It doesn't look right. Okay. I mean, I. I was on a show called uh, the dead trust podcast, I'm not trying to plug them or anything, but <laughs> I was on a show with them. And, and one of the guys there had had experiences working around planes. He had even said, by the time that thing is moving like that, anybody near the engine in front of it or behind it is going to get neither blown away or pulled in. Mm. He says that was impossible for people to be standing next to that. Yeah, one thing, I mean, I don't even know how I feel about that clip because I, I haven't really had too much time to really review it. But when I when I did look at it, it seemed suspicious to me that I've been around a C-130 transport and those motherfuckers are loud. I'm, I'm talking so loud, it's just, just absolutely deafening. And I don't see anybody cover their ears, which I find really weird. 
No, the guy's on WhatsApp. <laughs> He's sat next to the engine, just on just texting while it's moving. It's I, I'm I'm kind of with you, Lux, in that it's only a very short clip. It's only like six or seven seconds. You can't take away, a, you know, I can't be definitive about what's going on there because it's, it's fucking magic, probably. But, you know, I'm, well, you I'm, know, I'm, I'm maybe, with you. I'm suspicious about it. Well, he was just on the wing of the plane checking his Tinder before he left the country <laughs> just to make sure he wasn't missing out on anybody before he left. He's like, fuck, I might, I might be able to squeeze one in before I leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, well, we hardly talked about any. We've nearly come up to an hour already, and we've hardly yeah. talked about any magic. We've hardly learned anything about magic, <laughs> as usual. Um, well, yeah. Anything you want to ask about magic? We've got two experts. I'll tell you what, I, are you, do you still both practice? Because I know you've both left. No, you I left don't the know. orders. You, NY, you, you sort of cold turkey, not practicing anymore. Well, I mean, meditations, yes. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, honestly, because of what's going on in the world today, I have thought about doing vanishings again. I just don't know which way I want to go about it. Okay. What about you, Lutz? Do you still practice? Uh, I would say I do a, a good amount of meditation still, a good amount of yoga. Um, I will do certain practices uh, that I think are important, like, um, you know, working with incense or sage just to sort of banish certain areas or, you know, clean certain areas from built up uh, spiritual energy. Because, kind of, you know, it sucks. Oh, I still that do that, actually. I still do that. <laughs> yeah, it sucks because when you leave the occult, you know that what you learned in it was real because it's affected you directly. And then you get you get out. And it's like you have these tools, but it's like you don't know if those tools have be have been tampered with. Like you, you, all the stuff I learned in the Golden Dawn, I don't know if the rituals that I was given were authentic, or if there's one or two little things in there that actually is sort of like a double double edged sword, and I'm actually hurting myself more than I am helping myself. And so with having those tools, it's like sort of useless because you don't know how how they've been tainted. So, you know, we've even talked about potentially down a long run, revisiting things and making some rituals ourselves. But, you know, that that process is so long and so arduous. So, yeah, I I, I love what, you, what Lux just said there, because this is something I've even wondered, like, you know, uh, and this is why I said I'd be interesting in doing banishings. I'm just not exactly sure yet, because, like, how do I know, you know, I would normally use the lesser banishing ritual, the pentagram. You know, and then if I wanted to step it up and do planetary energies and remove them, I would go to the lesser hexagram. But, like, how do I know that those rituals themselves, the way I've been taught to do them, don't already put you in a space you don't want to be in? How do I know that's really the best thing to do what I'm looking to do? So, and I think that's a good point of what Lux was saying. Like, how do you know these things aren't tainted? You know, like I'll say sometimes I think the best way to describe the OTO and the Golden Dawn and then magic or, or God, uh, I would say the light bulb you can look at as being the source. And then the OTO or the Golden Dawn or the Temple of Set is whatever shade you decide to throw on top of it. It's not the true source. It's just that that shade or that version of it. Right. It's like the lens that you that you see it through. And it's, you know, it's, it's really weird for me because I mean, yeah, just knowing that you have those, those tools and 
not knowing what to do with them and if they're even useful anymore. It's just, yeah. I mean, they, there's definitely stuff that was involved in both the OTO and the Golden Dawn that we saw that we really didn't like. And I mean, you know, for an example, they told me when I first joined the Golden Dawn that by doing the rituals that I did every day, that I would begin to see things in my general area that were not of the earthly plane, but they were of the neighboring plane next to us, right? So they warned me and saying, okay, look, after you do this for a while, it's not going to be very uncommon at all for you to see things run across the floor that maybe aren't here on this plane, but are intersecting with your plane and the planetary plane because you've opened yourself up to the spiritual plane. And so after time went on, I mean, I'd be sitting on the couch and I'd see something that would move across the floor visually. I could see it and uh, it often took the form of the like, animals and things like that. And I mean, they kind of mark it as like, wow, you're doing such a good job and you've been doing it for so long that this is, this is good. It shows that you're actually progressing. How do I know that that's what that actually was? How do I know that I wasn't actually being interacted with an entity or some energy that I didn't know what it was, but because I've now just made, made itself like a, like a light bulb, you know, with all of this energy, well, mosquitoes come to light bulbs and we know what they do. They suck your blood. So how do I know that what I'm seeing is a positive thing and not a, a bad thing instead of them congratulating me for it? So, mm, mm. you know, that's even a thing that I, uh, which is one of the th- reasons why I'm not like keen on uh, social uh, secret societies anymore. You know, I, I was, had even said to Lux, uh, you know, I had certain magical experiences that I uh, may not have understood right away or that scared me um, or just, you know, took me back a little bit, you know. If I was still had been, uh, let's say, like in the, the OTO and was still an active member at that point, you know, I could easily have had somebody else tell me what my experience was. If I was to tell them, like, I, I'm confused. I don't even know what the fuck happened. Maybe it was astral travel. I could be telling somebody there and they might know exactly what I experienced and could tell me a completely different lie. So I can be manipulated now going forward. This is, uh, and I do believe that happens. I, I guess this is the, the, uh, the rub when it comes to an organization or an order. Is, is that your reliance on uh, the people in the higher... There's a hierarchy is generated, and it's based on some sort of philosophy or writing or a collection, collective wisdom, however you want to describe it, and it's open to interpretation in a lot of senses. I'm wondering if you can, as sort of practitioners, can you go back to source in some way? Can you go back before the Golden Dawn, before the OTO was started, can you look at sort of, is there like an original text or original philosophy that you can draw inspiration from to try and formulate your own way forward? That's a good question. Do you want to try that, Lux, first? Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think... uh... So when it comes to the magic subjects, how far does it go back? Who were the originators? I think it goes uh, really far back, and I think they, there's been accounts of the ancient Hebrews who have were working with magic. So we know at least you know that far back, which is huge Mesopotamia, um, you know Babylon. So it, magic has existed or has been discovered for a long time, and so those systems, as they've been learned through 
you know, the centuries, what these secret societies have done is they understand the system, but they give you a certain version of the system yeah. that they want you, that you want to have, which maybe limits you for some one thing or another. Uh, you take a look at even high level Freemasonry. I mean, when you get to the top of free level Masonry, even at the very top, they sit you down and they're like, Hey, we just wanted to let you know that you, we've actually been telling you that this this symbol means this, but it really doesn't mean that. It means this now. So, so looks, looks, just repeat that uh, when you were talking about getting to the high levels in Freemasonry because you just went a bit daft punk and computerized. I think it's the internet's breaking down. Mm. We might have lost him. The pop up, wouldn't it? I think we've lost looks. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, I was just saying that uh, after. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Hello? You're just talking about here? when you get to the high levels okay. of Freemasonry and then. Can you guys hear me? And then you, they, they sit you down and say something. Yeah. What did he say? <laughs> Well, they they tell you, okay, you, they say you've you have been told that these symbols mean this up until this point, but actually that symbol doesn't mean that. It means this now. So it's you know just always this bait and switch them to be able to control sort of what it is that you're you're always taught even to the highest levels. Yeah, I will even say I've had a Freemason get in touch with us because of stuff that they have came across uh, on our show. And he has even told me that uh, when you do get high up and... No. What? They've gone. I, thought... I was just going to reveal the secrets of Freemasonry. Uh, oh, your internet must have gone out. Oh, they're back. Oh. Are they back? What happened then? I don't know. It's just like the... Uh... Oh, I think Lux, Lux has dropped out. Look, you are the host now. I'm still here. Can you oh, hear me? Still here. Oh, he's still here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah we're sure still here. Still here. <laughs> Is that some? Is that some magic going on? I don't know. Why have you been conjuring, <laughs> yeah. you two? Fucking hell! We've had, we've had no end of internet and computer <laughs> problems today. <laughs> <laughs> we were just about to say something. Yeah, and NY, NYP. You were just talking about free, um, uh, the Freemasonry. Yeah, sorry. People contacting you. Oh well, yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, there was somebody a fan of ours that had contacted us, uh, who was uh, who was a Mason, still is a Mason. And he did say that when you get uh, up high enough, you will learn or will realize that things that you were told were a lie. You know, the things do change. Right. So something that meant something actually means something else. Now, the problem is with that yes. is then, yes. so if you get above that layer or that level, <laughs> does it change again? And then, you know, does it go on and on and on and on? Who knows? Well, this is the problem with having these sort of organizations that are secretive and selective mm. in who the allow in mm -hmm. and you know and there, there is a, a hierarchical system and there are sort of gatekeepers you know uh, releasing knowledge you know gradually and then everything can be flipped and when you get to the next level and everything you've been taught well mm. yeah we're flipping down its head and oh but you're in on this now you're in on this next time you're talking to a 32nd degree mason you can be like oh well, i actually know i actually know what the fuck's going on you know <laughs> you know it's it's kind of this is why I, I think like you guys were talking about doing meditation and stuff i think i think that's great like sort of going back in into yourself and sort of trying to connect with 
like the the basics, like the the roots of it all, and and sort of it's yeah. ad, it's admirable that you, admirable that you sort of you're chucking out all this stuff that you're hearing from various secret societies and saying I'm gonna sort of try and do it on my own and just try and make sense of it as best as I can, and at least I know in my heart that that will be pure to me for my experience. Am I getting the gist exactly. of it? There? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I still only do meditations, and it's not like I'm doing it to any uh, specific deity or anything. It's more of just <laughs> uh, me, me, or 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 uh, you know, God, just God, you know, yeah. or the source, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I see so many people who get really interested in magic, you know, and the secret societies put this out there on purpose. Different secret societies to attract different types of people. And a lot of times people will get into things, uh, into the magical world for their own self, you know, improvement. So a lot of people will get into magic so that they can learn how to do a, a spell or a ritual for money, you know. But in reality, the most important magic work that you can do is not the affecting the outside world, but affecting the inside world of yourself. You know, that the being able to purify yourself of unwanted thoughts unwanted desires being able to stay conscious through your entire day instead of just walking through life and then you, you get in bed and you're like, wait a minute what did i just even do today you know so many huge segments of our daily life are totally forgotten about because they're spent in unconsciousness you know we're on a computer doing work or something but our mind's somewhere else so you're totally detached and you don't realize during those times what thoughts and feelings that you're having, and they can be very destructive to yourself, you know, constant stress or worry or insecurities. So to me, the most important magic that you really can do is that internal, that internal audit and that, that figuring out how to make yourself the, the best person that you possibly can be and how to affect the people around you in that, that same way. Mm. You know, I want to add on to something that he, that Lux said and even something that you guys mentioned before. I guess kind of like almost like a pyramid system within the uh, within secret societies themselves. Uh, what Lux said, you, the only way you will, in my opinion, you will ever really be able to do any sort of magic to change the outside world is by doing what he said. You have to change the inside of you first to actually really be able to physically change the world around you you know uh Absolutely. now in secrets just now my from from my experience now in the oto and from the lodges that i've been to was extremely liberal and extremely left all right now in order for you to uh be able to practice real magic like lux was saying you're gonna have to be able to work on yourself having a liberal mind or the leftist uh, ideology is the complete opposite of that for real i mean that's attaching yourself to emotions to labels uh you know acting out just silly i mean it's just really the complete opposite of what you're looking to do so if the oto is filled with people like that um they promote uh the whole shit uh in my lodge they were promoting antifa and blm uh as the oto as an organization you're not even supposed to be doing that at all not at all. You're just supposed to be worried about you. You're not uh, promoting any other organizations unless maybe the, the Astro Argentum because it's associated kind of, with, you know, with them. But you're not supposed to be talking about that shit. 
So if you're pushing the whole complete opposite of what needs to be done to have any real magical experiences or to even change yourself to be a more productive person for humanity, uh, why, why are you giving the complete opposite? In my opinion, it's because you want slaves within the order. Wow. I mean, by the seventh or eighth degree, by the seventh or eighth degree, you are signing over your property to the OTO. So that is a cult at that point. Yeah. You know, and then there's other, you know, other, other degrees. In my opinion, the things that you have to do in these initiations are just going farther and farther up to see what is this person willing to do. And if they're willing to do this stuff, they will be easily manipulated. Yeah, it's a compliance test. If, if you, as a, if you, if you as a female by the fifth degree are okay with carving a cross into your chest, they have their hooks in you, and you will do probably what they want you to do. Wow! Fucking hell! Mm. Well, guys, I we, mean, even think about how Fubs. Go on, looks. Go on, looks. Going to tell you, like right off. Just right off of the bat, just, I mean, the litmus test right off of the beginning is initiation. I had a, a hood put over my head, and I was driven to an unknown location, totally away from the the person that I had actually traveled to initiation with. So, you know, that's the test right off the bat. I mean, hey, are you willing to get into a car with people you do not know and put on a, a hood and go to an undisclosed location where you won't be told the address? And then when you get to that address and you say, hey, after initiation is over, can I have the address so that I can give it to the person who I came here with to pick me up? And they tell you no. <laughs> that shows a lot for what you're willing to do right in the beginning. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's like a very good point. Not to, good not point. Dis- disrespecting you two, but it sounds like the preying on, mm. on a certain type of people who are, who are looking for something and are willing to do anything to... Well, perhaps, yeah, the fact that they've come out of it. Oh, yeah, I'm saying yeah. back then, like, when they, no, were, know, when they were younger yeah. men, you know, yeah. they're out of it now because mm. they've, yeah. you know, they've spent time in it. I mean, I've, I've even looked at it like this, which is, you know, the whole thing of the degrees in the initiatory system. It's giving you things to look up to and to try to attain yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. it really fucking matters. That degree... That, that other degree that I'm grabbing for, all that is is for me to put a fucking badge on my chest and be like, oh, look at me. I'm a fifth degree. Who gives a flying fuck? <laughs> but it's giving you handcuffs. It's another, it's another fucking handcuff to your wrist to chain yourself to the fucking ground and think that shit's important and it's not. Yeah, and the longer that you're in there, the and harder it is too. to get out as well. Because if you've so been in there, for, it, if you've yeah. been in there for ten years, you've invested ten years to get mm. to the fifth degree or sixth degree or whatever. It's like, God, I can't give up this now. I've spent the last ten years of yeah. my life pursuing this. It's mm. it's uh, it's just ratcheting. And, up and then constantly. for some people, mm. for some people, then it will create false idols and prophets because now you're going to look up at the person who's a higher degree, thinking they know what they they're talking about. Oh, that fucking this guy is fucking awesome! Don't you just love that guy? <laughs> you see, you see a chick walk into the OTO that's like a, a fourth degree and like halfway not busted, and everybody thinks she's a fucking goddess. <laughs> you know, it's fucking insane. <laughs> Fuck! Oh, so- she knows her shit. That vibe she gives off. It's no dude. She's got a tits out. You like it? That's it. That's it. That's all it is. You want to fucking hit it, and you're telling yourself whatever the fuck you want to hear to justify wanting to bang it. <laughs> I can definitely. You know, the OTO is very sexual, so you know. I can definitely relate to that. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I was even saying this. I was talking about uh, a guy on the podcast a few days ago on my show. Uh, and this has nothing to do with, like, actual magic, but just people in general. Like, and you will see it. You know, when I was growing up, I was talking about how I think the whole alternative or the whole grunge scene was really just to indoctrinate liberal parents to have liberal kids. But, uh, I mean, I remember back then I had friends that all of a sudden just started changing the way they looked, started cutting holes in the fucking sleeves of their arms so they could stick their thumb, thumb through it like fucking Kurt Cobain. <laughs> so, they, so they can go bang some fucking skater chick or some fucking freak from the mall that they met. Like, this is, this, you needed to change to do all that, dude? No, you didn't. Yeah. It's true. Mm. True. No, yeah. I mean, we're we're cre- we're we're just so so easily manipulated, aren't we? Yeah, that's the, that's the terrifying thing. But I don't know, and that's magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Totally. Yeah, I mean, that's really that's really why we're doing what we're doing. It, just to, I know that uh, we got to wrap it up here, but yes, and that's why we're doing what we're doing is to just alert the public of everything that's going on, show them how they're being manipulated. And for, you know, there are thousands and thousands of people just like us who are in secret societies or groups who are afraid to, to speak up. I mean, you know, I, I, a lot of my family doesn't even know that I was in a secret society. But listening to New York Patriot, you know, I heard him, was it William Ramsey's pipe? Was it- oh, no, it was uh, Lift the Veil. Yeah, and then I heard him, you know, talking about his experience, and he came out of the closet first. So, so, so then I, got, I came out of the closet too and I hit him up and we started the podcast <laughs> oh it's cool it's been great really uh, in, uh, you know fun mm. I think we've had a good laugh yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah it was fun I've really enjoyed it and as usual oh for sure for sure yeah all, all the links will be in the show notes eavesdroppers if you want to check out the Occult Rejects podcast mm. highly recommended and we've got a lot of friends in common. We, we've had the odd man on. Thank our, you. We've had the odd man, I think, three times, and mm. conspiracy Kyle and uh, Jack Allen, and yeah. So we're we're uh, we're oh in, wow we're, nice. We're in good company, I think. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, we actually have odd man uh, covering a subject with us on the next occult rejects. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, we need to. Get Are you gonna? On. Can we have an exclusive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we have an exclusive? What's the subject? <laughs> Uh, the Franklin cover-up. All right. I don't know what that is. Is that a load of kids? Oh, Benjamin Franklin. Imagine it's like... Uh, is that what it is? Imagine it's like Jimmy Seville. Oh, right. Okay. I mean, it's like Jimmy Seville, but imagine an entire an entire uh, group of people who organized oh, the, uh, the abuse of children. And politicians were involved in everything. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will. I will have to say though, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not patting ourselves on the back, but I do think uh, we have listened to, and I've seen a bunch of uh, other podcasts that have put this show out. You know, covered this topic. I do think ours is going to have stuff in there that nobody else has covered because we have found connections to like a Jesuit school, secret society, shit like that. Cool, excellent. When's that coming out? In a in a week or two. Uh, we're going to record it this week and it'll be out, I think, in uh, two weeks. Part one will be out. Cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to it, bitches. Yeah. Occult Rejects. <laughs> on all, on all, all your favorite podcast platforms. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to bounce. It's getting late <laughs> over you. here. Yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? Just stay, stay on the yeah, line right, for us. Sure. Yeah. Stay on the line for us, chaps, while we play ourselves out. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah. All right. 
Don't touch that dial. Sounds good. Indeed. Right. Sweet. Shit, I'm on the wrong page. I'm, uh, yeah, we're doing things a bit backwards tonight. Anyway, we're back. The dwarf <laughs> and the mother of madness. Almost. Uh, All right. Yeah, we're recording the second half first. So hopefully you just um, heard our chat with New York Patriot and looks from the occult rejects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're actually recording this section first. They shall be here in an hour or so, hopefully. Right, okay. So I might as well do some... Do some housekeeping, a little bit of news while we're waiting. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah, that's fine. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some motherfucking value. Exactly. There's a myriad of ways of uh, doing this. Uh, emails. You can send us an email at thearmistinquisition at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, subscribe to the Odyssey channel and get some crypto when you watch a video. Send a bit our way if you're in the mood. Get some sweet library coins. Yeah. Totally what are they? Sweet. About five cents a pop, yeah. I think, at the minute. Well, you know, hang on to them. Or maybe not just give them us. Give them us. Yeah, word of mouth. If uh, you know uh, no people who listen to podcasts, who might find this one useful or valuable. Yeah, tell your family about it if they like you. Yeah, man. What else? Um, Jingle requests, five pound fee. Yeah, via the PayPal button on the website. Um, artwork. Yep, fourteen hundred squared pixels. Yeah, up to three thousand squared pixels. If you have some art. That you would like to be used for an episode. If you've worked some art that you think would be good. Yeah. That fits in with the themes that we uh, cover. That would be greatly appreciated. It's Very, nice when you mm-hmm. when you see on the app, you know, some new artwork on a on a podcast. There's very few podcasts that do it. Yeah, exactly. Um what else? Discord. Yeah, join the Discord. You link know. link in the show notes, the invite link in the show notes. Mm. Um that's a good place where you can uh, meet up with like-minded people who won't be triggered. Mm. Also, um, begin to petition Amish Phil about coming round to Amish Matt's house to um, install the outdoor survival plug. I don't know if you know about this, but you know because of uh, China shutting down and uh, the Suez Canal blockage, just a massive nationwide shortage of outdoor sockets. <laughs> there's, there's a four-foot-high pile of them in your garage. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Follow us on social media, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, share, share stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, what's that other thing that we like? iTunes reviews. Oh, gosh, yeah. If you are listening, if you want the 10% or so people who listen on iTunes, <laughs> send us a, write us a review there. Yeah. Or you can, uh, um, I can't remember which producer it was, a few weeks ago, did us um, a review on a podcasting 2.0 complaint up and then forwarded it to us so we can yeah, read it exactly. out exactly you can do that because we can't we don't get notified of people leaving reviews on podcast addict or no various other apps so uh, give us a heads up birthday shout outs 
Absolutely. Got a birthday shout. We've got one to do tonight. Oh. If you've got a birthday coming up, let us know. We'll say happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Memes from Instagram. Memes, yeah. Yeah. Send us me memes. Video clips, news articles, anything you feel requires amplification. Mm. Discord's the best place to send it, but we're available, very accessible via various instant messaging apps. Yeah. What else? Um, have we covered all the all the all the, the minor things? Merch. Oh no, yeah, the Bit. Amish loot chest. Yeah, link in the show notes if you want a current grape T-shirt or um, li- literally a communist hoodie. Yeah, I have. I own one. I own several. Wow. Yeah, and they are comfy. Cool. Um, but you could always toss us a coin. Toss a coin Absolutely. To Do it for the lads. The lads. 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 No, because we're... Oh, we're northern and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit. Absolutely. <laughs> Can't have children with a... Chest feeding. Oh. Yes, if you go to thearmistinquisition.com, you'll find the PayPal button there. And mm. uh, you can sign up for a monthly recurring sustaining donation or just give us a one-off and you'll get a producer credit for the episode... Within the time scale <laughs> which your de- donation falls within. Yeah. You shall be a producer. £50 and above donation grants you the rank of executive producer. Yeah. It does. Just looks great on the CV, doesn't it? Executive yeah. producer. Yeah, imagine that on LinkedIn. And you could link with us if you wanted to on LinkedIn. Yeah, we're, we're on LinkedIn. Yeah, we're on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, okay. Shall we thank the producers for episode 199? Yeah. Okay, who have we got? Producers, DCI Shanks, Slicko, Big Spuds, Nomi Noz Nodge, uh, and Anonymous. And we've also got a birthday shout-out for Preston Garuda for the 18th, which is Saturday, I believe. Saturday. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. And thank you very much, producers. Yeah. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love, literally. The best mate. It's a miracle. It's time to big up the Mandems, Yo, the Dwarf, the Karaks, the Grape, the Chant, the Communist, the Homophobe, the Misogynist, the Cripple, and the Mother of Ronnie Pickering from Hell. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for your support for another week. It's been good. Good levels of support. Not monetarily, but in all the other ways. Yeah. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. I wasn't on the job. <laughs> no. That's what my dad used to say. Exactly. I mean, imagine if you had to sort out outdoor plugs for uh, <laughs> the survival of uh, golden cloud white mountain minnows. And <coughs> just before we um, leave the value for value, uh, I was going to say theocracy. That's not the right word, is it? Philosophy. Yeah. Um, so part of the deal is we, as the content producers, uh, provide value in the form of the podcast that comes out every week. Yeah, and uh, it's early days, but we're in the process of building a community, ma- mainly around the Discord, as we said, where people can Discord can Discord with each other. Yeah. Um, so that hopefully will become valuable for people. I've come up with a, f- a further way. 
that we can produce value. And um, did you were you here for the Mitchell Gerber episode? I think it was just me and Ben. Yeah, it was just you and Ben. Falun Gong, the Chinese organ trafficking. Are we going to start harv- harvesting organs? No, I'm thinking that we, as a community, mm-hmm. could start to... Because I think some of us within our podcasting uh, habitat, <laughs> that's not <laughs> ecosystem, yeah. uh, have maybe adopted some sort of spiritual practice like Falun Gong. Falun Gong. And I, I think we could communally concentrate our, our focused chi energy okay. for people if required. Right, okay. So I have a few examples. Maybe you're looking for a new job. But you're struggling, struggling to find the motivation to start looking. Yeah. Um, maybe you're having relationship problems. Right. Um, maybe you've got a big personal milestone coming up. Yeah. Maybe you have to do, uh, like you've got a presentation to do at the office. Mm-hmm. You're nervous. You're feeling like out of funk. And you need some, yeah. some focused chi energy mm. directing at you. Um, maybe you're suffering an illness. You have depleted chi. Yes. I think we could do that. We could provide that valuable service for people. We could cheer them up. Absolutely. I thought I thought that we were going to laugh. Yeah. Mm. So send in if you have if you know some of those you know something like that applies to you and you would, you would like us and the eavesdroppers and the producers to to focus our chi mm. for your your need, then hit us up via the usual methods, is and this, we will do that. And I'm sure there will be a suitable jingle. Have you watched the the latest Marvel film or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's not like called like Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings or something. I don't know. No, it's Is that something to do with Chi? It's called Shang-Chi. Is that his name? I mean, it's just a, a common Chinese name, no? I don't, I don't know. Something like that. Oh, oh. Do you not think that would be a good thing to do? Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, get in your submissions and we'll start doing that. We'll focus our cheese. We'll we'll do something, yeah. We'll, as a yeah. all together as one, yeah. We shall focus our chi for your requirement. Yeah. Okay. Sounds, sounds good. COVID nineteen. People have got to understand vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating, mostly. It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab tests in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. Because we're getting bored, we want to have fun. But I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Epic dub. Now, before we get to the massive U-turn of today, yes. let's go uh, back in the week because... Let's go back in time. Yes, uh, to I think it was just before, just after Prime Minister's questions... Right. Absolute scenes in the House of Commons. What's it? He's back. Someone's back? Yeah. All right, okay. I don't know. The Mancock. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every vaccination brings us hope and saving lives. It's been such a tough year for so many people, and we can't blow it now. Keep sticking by the rules. From the back bench. 
The reform of social care has been ducked for decades because successive governments, successive governments have put it in the too difficult box. So can I congratulate the Prime Minister for delivering on our commitments and his commitment, and can I ask him to ensure that as well as the money, we integrate properly the NHS with social care so that people can get the dignity that they deserve? Thank you very much. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to thank my, my right honourable friend. Bojo the Yeah, he's back. From the back bench. Oh, God. Yeah. He'll be have a, imagine his team behind him trying to reintegrate him into... Who's going to... What do you think he'll come back as? Culture secretary. That's where they'll come back. Sport and culture. <laughs> is, it, is, one, is it been separating now? So it's culture and sport. Sorry. It used to be culture, media and sport. I wonder if they're all separate now. I don't know. I thought that Bojo had had a bit of a torching of the departments. Uh, well, not Bojo, the other guy. The pink in the brain, obviously. The brain. <laughs> Hammerhead. Yeah. Hammerin. <laughs> no. Hammerin. <laughs> What's his fucking name? The guy, the bald-headed guy who ran everything. <laughs> Klaus Schwab. <laughs> he, he got... Mr. Burns? Yeah, basically. What was, he, what was his name? I can't even remember his name. He had glasses. He went to a castle in lockdown. Ian Duncan Smith. No, you know who it is, don't you? I've no idea who you're talking about. Leader of the Prime Minister? Yeah, but he was... Yeah, the, the guy. William Hague? No, the guy who ran it with Bojo. It was like his campaign. Oh, Cummings! Yeah, there we go. We got there, we got there in the end, didn't we? Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's... Uh, I'm not. I'm not convinced he's going to get a cabinet position anytime soon. To be honest. No, 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 no. Not like yeah. Not straight away. Too busy grabbing that ass. Yeah, they've got together, haven't they? Apparently. Well, in, in IRL. Not much option, is there? No, not if he wants to save his career. Exactly. Yeah. Lost weight as well. Even more. It looks slimmer. Yeah. So that's what stress will do for you, isn't it? Well, yeah. He's got kids, hasn't he? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. Get fucking fucking um, let's uh, move on from Mancock to Nadim Zahawi. Mm-hmm. He was uh, questioned on Sky News uh, by Kay Bulldog, Kay Burley, yeah. regarding the October firebreak <coughs> lockdown. Yeah, so, yeah, go on here. Mm. Uh, talk to me about an area that you're much more comfortable with, and that is... Um, Vaccines. The Eye newspaper reporting this morning that the government is planning an October firebreak uh, uh, if hospital admissions um, stay high. Is that something that you would endorse? So the vaccines have actually 
allowed us to reach a, an equilibrium with the uh, virus in the sense that they have prevented over 100,000 deaths, um, many, many millions of, of infections, and of course, hospitalization as well. Uh, the upward pressure on infections is as obviously we've reopened uh, uh, the economy to uh, you know, pretty much Question was about October firebreak lockdown. Yeah, well, you don't answer the question, do you? Oh, he's going to get it though from Cable Dog. Here we go. Uh, as close to normal as you can get. Where are you? But, but obviously, Did you schools. My question. I'm going to. I'm. I'm. I'm absolutely going to answer your question. We only have a finite amount of time. You're going to be here all day at this rate. No, hold on a second. So she loves it. She's grinning as well all the way through this. She loves it. So. The, the booster programme that we've had the interim advice from the JCBI on is my absolute priority. That will protect the most vulnerable to serious infection. That will absolutely help us to transition this virus from pandemic to endemic status. The important thing is we get that right, because I think if we do that well, we can continue on this sort of one-way road towards sustaining the opening of the economy and by next year hopefully transitioning this virus from pandemic to endemic by next year hopefully transitioning this virus from pandemic to endemic next year hopefully so that'd be two years next year wouldn't it it'd be two years in march march 23rd was the first lockdown right okay yeah i'm uh i'm sensing some some uh, squeaky bums about winter. Well, f- definitely, because how much flack are they going to take if, like, as usual, you know... The, There's uh, a crisis every winter, isn't there? Yeah, in the NHS, we wait in times and run out of beds and lots of different places anyway. So, you know, if they can pin it on COVID this time, or if it's even worse, then, uh, yeah, I imagine there, w- there will be a... A lockdown of sorts, and then that's what you know um, might be related to the 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 good news. What that was kind of out there today. Ah, yes. Moving on to that. Just before, I'll I remember vividly on this podcast saying in the spring when everything died off that the test of the vaccine will come this winter. Mm. So we will see how it pans out. But yes, we mm. did have some well. On the face of it, we had some good news today from uh, Savage, Savage Javid. Yeah. It is. Regarding the uh, proposed COVID pass. Only two days ago that Nadim Zahawi, the vaccine minister, says that he didn't like vaccine passports, but it is the right thing to do. Has it overnight become the wrong thing to do? (laughs) <laughs> there's, no, there's no overnight about it. I mean, first of all, there's a, there's a lot of defences as we've just gone through some of them that we we need to keep in place here because this virus hasn't gone anywhere. There's still a pandemic, so of course we need to remain cautious. But we just shouldn't be doing things for the sake of it or because others are doing it. We should look at every possible intervention. That's interesting. <coughs> we shouldn't do it just because everyone else is doing it. Where were you in March 2020 yeah. when every country in Europe toppled like dominoes and started mm-hmm. locking down the population? But never mind. Properly. So you asked about vaccine passports. So I think it's fair to say, I think most people are probably instinctively don't like the idea. I mean, I, I've never liked the idea of saying to people, you must show your papers or something. Papieren bitte! <laughs> you should have put the, you should have at least done it in German, Savage. Yeah. 
to to do you know what, what is just an everyday activity but we were right to you know to properly look at it to look at the evidence but you're not uh, doing but, it. well what i can say is that we've looked at it properly and whilst we should keep it in reserve as a potential option i'm pleased to say that we will not be going ahead with plans for vaccine passports mm. well i wonder how that's going to affect because i was reading I think it was, I think it was Man United were going to say that you had to um, show your <coughs> vaccine status to get in. They're going to start doing. They preempted and said they're going to start doing it this month or maybe this weekend. Mm. Um, so I wonder if they went ahead with it or and will continue. Um, I don't think there's anything stopping a corporation from implementing it off their own back. Mm. Uh, might be some legal issues. Yeah, corporate on discrimination grounds. But you can still just say, can't you, that you, you know you're exempt, or you, I'm sure you could just refuse to tell them your health, anything about your health record. Yeah, and then they can deny you entry. But how can they? Say so you're not coming in. Yeah, but Man United, But actually, that's do you own Man United? Well, <laughs> I know, but maybe on the gate that would work. But surely, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think they'd be leaving themselves open to yeah, litigation. You, you would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, if it's not sanctioned by the government. Mm. I mean, um, there doesn't seem any capital in them imposing it. I think they've, they've realised that there's it's, it's needless at this point. It's not going to achieve anything. No, it's probably it's going to be it's more bad press, really, for them, isn't it? The country seems split. Does it on them? On them, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know. I've not seen any opinion polls whether they're worth a wank anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I think that it's fairly split. It's not a huge majority of that are against. Mm. Obviously, there's a noisy minority who are against them. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think there's anything to gain. Why? Why do it now? You know, things are on the surface seem under control now. Mm-hmm. Now, but the weather's turning. Mm. So, um, and schools are back. Keep it in the back pocket. Mm. There's no need. Well, that's why I was just wondering whether they would say, "Well, you know, this is the uh, um, the shit sandwich, isn't it?" So, you know, we're not um, going to do this, but we might lock down in October. But we're not going to do something else, maybe. I don't think they have any idea what is going to happen in the next four months. Well, I've heard that. Um, Basically, the NHS is is like planning for a third wave, essentially. Well, you would think they would be out of good. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, um, steering. Yeah, yeah, they should yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not. That doesn't sort of alarm me. No, uh, I would expect them to be doing that. Mm. Um, I don't think they can handle one in winter. Well, um, if flu comes back as well. What what happened last year? Are you, are you kind of saying then that the lockdowns did sort of stop the infection rate last year? No. But then, you know, so it's just going to be the same as last year then, you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. But more of the people that have would die from it have already died. Probably, yeah, you would think so. And does it does it, does the vaccine make you less sick? Who knows? So you it's know, supposed to. So if it does make you, it's less not Ron sick. Seal though. Ron Seal don't make it. So, <laughs> so you know, it might be that there's less. You would hope there'd be less hospitalizations, wouldn't you? You would hope. 
But look at this summer compared to last summer with no vaccine. Less hospitalizations. There was less hospitalizations this year than last no, year. No, last year without the vaccine. Yeah, but wasn't that, you know, something to do like to do with all the other the backlog of people who just didn't go to hospital because, you know. I don't know. I don't know. know. They were fine with one leg or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I think the point is is that no one knows yeah, they, what's no, gonna happen yeah. in the next between now and January or February. Mm. We just have to play it by ear, but I would uh yeah. It's I suppose don't what's this phrase about small mercies? Be thankful for small mercies. Yeah. Because they could have implemented it and they chose not to. And other countries have done it, haven't they? Yeah. I mean it's all political. Well, we we'll we might, if you're listening, we might have already talked about this because we've got two Americans. We've just spoke, well, we haven't spoken to them yet, but I'm sure we'll, it will have come up with uh, NYP and looks about the lockdowns because they had the massive announcement this week. Oh, I don't know. About mandates for all companies with over 100 staff, vaccine mandates. So they've got to have it? Yeah. In in New, what, in New York State or the whole country? Biden. Biden said the whole country. <laughs> the whole country? Yeah. Every single company's got you. So you with over a hundred employees, you have to have mandate. You have to have the vaccine. Yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable, isn't it? From America. Well, this is it, you see. But yeah, but we'll talk. We'll. I'm sure we will have talked to Books and NYP. We'll get their view on it. I think it's more to do with the midterms that are coming in November than anything else. Right. And likewise, with it's interesting that Macron was the first in Europe, maybe the first in the world. To, to, to implement vaccine passports. And the European Union have been planning this for a few years. Right. The uh, vaccination, Europe-wide vaccination card. Right, okay. It was meant to come in 2022. Oh, right. So they've just brought it forward. You know, don't let a good crisis go to waste. They were meant to be in consultation. Consultation, uh, not consultation, is it consultation? What was the, be, before the pandemic then, what was the reason for having a vaccine passport? Is it... Like, or having a vaccine record for the, the European Union, just a layer of bureaucracy, yeah, and control, right? Okay. Centralize everything mm. to Brussels and Strasbourg. So, yeah, interesting that France, yeah, Macron went for it first, and we're saying no, but I think it could be a stay of execution. We will see, right? We will see. Uh, mentioned last week, we mentioned briefly about um, children. Being able to give consent. Yes. Uh, Gillick competence. I couldn't remember. I knew it began with G, but I couldn't remember the name of it. Mm. It's something to do with case law or something. The Gillick competence test. Yeah. And uh, Javid again, Savage, was questioned on this. Right. Somewhere. <laughs> Which one is it? Oh, I might be on the next page. Yeah, I am. Yeah. How would you feel about 12 to 15 year olds uh, of yours having jabs? I don't think it's appropriate for me to pass a judgment because I'm waiting for an independent view. Do you think that 12 to 15-year-olds should be able to overrule their parents on whether or not they should have jobs? I think we should follow the same rules that we've had in this country under successive governments for, for decades, which is that uh, it, you first would try to seek the consent uh, of parents. So parents, we're, we're going to ask all parents for consent. And uh, in most cases, 
That's what if they don't give it is my question. If they don't give uh, consent... And children still want their vaccination. Exactly. So if there's a difference so of opinion between mm-hmm. the child uh, and the parent, mm-hmm. uh, then we have uh, specialists, that, let's say, that work in this area, the school's vaccination service. They would usually literally sit down with the parent and the child and try to reach some kind of consensus. If ultimately that doesn't work, mm-hmm. uh, as long as uh, we believe that the child is competent enough to make this decision, then the child's will will prevail. Child's will will prevail. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how much that comes up because if a lot, if that happens a lot, there's no way there's the, the resources to do all of those sit downs and then come assess and come to a decision. I don't think it will come to that. Do you know? No. What do you think it'll be? I think they'll just ask the kid. Right, okay. You can't get your ears pierced, but you can have the mRNA jab. Yeah. It's bizarre. But that is the sort of uh, the precedent. That's the way things work now. So mm. that's just the way it is. Just a heads up. Um, <laughs> fucking Australia. Oh, God. Fuck me. They're just getting worse. Are they? Yeah. Chief Health Officer for New South Wales, Dr. Chant, gave a press conference this week Um she seems to be waiting for further instructions um, before she can tell people how things are going to pan out. But anyway. Back in place, especially with reopening and people going back to pubs and stuff, because our exposure sites still, will they be put back in place to be listed once we are reopening? Because they're not at the moment. Um, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. And yes, it will be pubs and clubs and other things if we have a positive case there. We will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order, in the new world order, in the new world order, (laughs) in the new world order. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what this new world order... Building back better. What it might look like. It's wild, isn't it, how it's just all fed into the, the, the lexicon. Because I'm literally a communist. Kneel before Zod. It's wild, isn't it? Why would you... That is not a common expression. In the New World Order. Is it? Why on earth would you make that choice of words? I suppose... It's strange. If, if, you, if you're being, like, devil's advocate, you would say... Oh. That, um, you know, when people start using that kind of language, so, you know... She'll be accused of being part... She'll hear that all the time when she'll be accused of being part of the New World Order, the WEF and all the rest of it. How? Would she? I don't know, because she's like in government or something, is she not? Chief chief health officer. Yeah, she will be. Um, on like Twitter and whatever, she'll be like abused, won't she? So <laughs> um, that if it's just in your head, then, you know, you, you potentially... If you're grasping for words and you're being interviewed on television, you would say it and then go, oh, fuck... But she might, she might just be. She might just be part of the new world it's order. You don't fucking, know, do you? It's weird. It it's is a weird. weird choice of words and, to use. But like the Build Back Better thing that comes from Bojo and all the rest of them, I'm, I am, oh, well, I would say 95% sure that that will have been to a, um, fuck me, I can't remember anything tonight, like to a one of those groups where they sit down and, and they sort of say, what do you think of this phrase and this phrase? and What's that called again? Uh, like um, something group. a marketing thing. Yeah, can't remember the the phrase, the term for it. You know, it, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know. yeah. 
But there you go. One of those things. I would have thought that he would have, because everyone says it, don't they? The old Trudeau says it. Yeah. Schwab says it. Obviously Schwab. Paul Jones says it. Hancock says it. Yeah. Unless, unless it is just because focus group. That's it. Focus group. So you know, or unless it is that they've, um, they have all been indoctrinated. Yeah, enrolled into the Illumin- Illuminatus. <laughs> exactly, yeah. How old is Klaus Schwab? Is he not in his 80s? I think he's 80-ish. You know. Yeah. Who's the next one? Who takes his over? His daughter is uh, involved in the WEF. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, what colour is her uniform? <laughs> I don't know. Her intergalactic uh, yeah. peacekeeping uniform. <laughs> don't know. Emperor Schwab. <laughs> Kneel before Schwab. <laughs> <laughs> Need to make a new one, don't we? Yeah, nailed that. Then yeah. I have to fly. Yeah. Fuck yeah. me. Crisis, Crisis. in Plotland. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, mm. so it just depends what she's like, I suppose. Then she looks like a fucking demon. Does she? Yeah, I mean that's probably harsh. It's not, you know. I don't know if if you're taken by a demon, does it can it screw up your face, your physical features? I don't know. Let's ask the demon semen guy. Yeah, he was on Great America uh, a couple demon of weeks semen. ago. Right, yeah, okay. Nathan, Nathan, Nathaniel. Okay, it's good. Um, did he get how much money did he make out of the WEF? Does Klaus Schwab make out of the WEF? Um, I think it's twenty four grand a year <laughs> to to be a member. No, yeah, all oh, right, okay. So, and then that's like it's his. Is it his business? It's like a business. It's, an, it's a non-governmental organisation, private company. Fucking hell. So, yeah, and then, so is it not limited then as to how much salary he can pay himself? I wouldn't have thought so. Right. No. It's a racket. That's what I mean. It's wild, though, isn't it? Uh, he wasn't a poor man before he started the WEF. Right, okay. No, Has he come from business? Engineering background. Right, okay. Yeah, from what I remember. Right. Murky past was a great... Is article he a, is he a Nazi allegedly? Um, there may be family ties to. I mean, you would think, wouldn't you, that most people of his age, if they've come from kind of higher society, and he's eighty-ish, yeah. so that would take you back to nineteen forty. Yeah. So you would think that most people would have a link to some kind of Nazi, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's like uh, th- th- uh, thalidomide that right. was um, made by Nazi scientists. Was it? Yeah, uh, one of it. I can't remember the name of the guy. He uh, was convicted of war crimes at Nuremberg. Yeah, got out in fifty one. Yeah, and then got hired by this German company. I can't remember Gurentberg or something. I can't remember the name of the company. And then he develops, you know, because these Nazis they used sort of the knowledge of the game by uh, experimenting on Jews, and uh, just got jobs at pharma companies. And yeah, and uh, but apparently thalidomide was. Uh, tested in Auschwitz. Uh, yeah, I, I believe I believe I wouldn't uh, question that. Yeah. Anyway, it's the same for the rocket, you know, the space program, isn't it? Famously, and all the rest of it. No such thing as space. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> We're at the bottom of the pan in the, the bubble. Ether, the ether rocket program. <laughs> uh, before we leave New South Wales, fucking spur a, a, a thought for the poor fuckers living down there in the in the quarantine system. If you thought it couldn't get any worse. Oh, God, yeah. On this other story, we're hearing that some residents in apartment blocks with COVID are now having their alcohol deliveries policed. What can you tell us about that? 
That's right, Laura. These are social housing apartment blocks that are right now locked down by New South Wales Health. They are having their alcohol deliveries policed in an attempt to limit the amount of drinks being consumed. So Mission Australia's Common Ground Building in Camperdown is the latest building to be uh, affected by these rules. That's what occupants there have to go through. Residents say that they're feeling frustrated that some of the deliveries that they've had dropped off from their families and their friends is being searched before it's getting through to them. So at the moment, the rules there, they can have six beers or pre-mixed drinks. They can have one bottle of wine or one 375ml bottle of spirits. So those are the rules that will stay in place until the lockdown there is over. And uh, at the moment, the excess alcohol is being confiscated, Laura. Wayne Kerr. Um, how, um, um, and how long is that six beers supposed to last? I don't know. Is it I... a day? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's a, if it's a day, that's fine, isn't it? <laughs> it depends how many people are in there as well. You got like yeah, fam- family in there. Family, yeah. Kiddies have got to have something, don't they? Yeah. Um, it's just it's just fucking unnecessary, man. You know. <clears throat> yeah, but people are stupid, aren't they? If you if you lock down against your will, what do uh, how do you punish prisoners in jail? Take away their rights, put them in solitary. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? About sort of like the COVID things. Yep. So, like, if you come, if you um, come back off a holiday, and you're in a family group, do you not all get put in one room then? I believe so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fine then. Yeah, there was a video, wasn't there, going as some guy trashing his hotel room because he thought he was being let out at midday, 12. Yeah. And he was ready to go. And then he's like, what's going on? He said, no, it's 12 midnight, you're coming out. And he went mental, trashed the room, caused 10 grand's worth of damage. Yeah. So uh, they give him three months inside. fuck's sake. It's fucking wild, isn't it? Anyway, I've got a new segment. Walk the farage. Walk the farage. Walk the farage. Walk the farage. So Facebook had to apologize after the AI labels black men as primates. Facebook had to issue an apology after their AI tech allegedly misidentified black men as primates and labeled them as such. Um, Tweeting out, it's just shocking, BLM. Facebook AI asked users if they want to keep seeing videos about primates when watching clips of black men in altercations with white civilians and police officers. So Facebook users who recently watched a video from a British tabloid featuring black men saw an automated prompt from the social network and asked if they would like to keep seeing videos about primates causing the company to investigate and disable the artificial intelligence-powered feature that pushed the message. It's wild, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff around AI, isn't there? And in, in the difference between its kind of recognition between like white faces and black faces and stuff. Oh, is there? What? Yeah. I'm sure. Mean? Well, like sort of um, how it, sometimes it favors white people. I think that was more to do with that Amazon thing, wasn't it? And the CV, the automatic AI CV reader thing. Oh, right. No. And it was kind of, yeah, sorry. And also like the facial recognition stuff. So it tends to favour whiter faces rather than black faces. I suppose. mean, f- favour. Do you mean it's it's, it's it can selects reco- them easier? It can recognise them easier. Yeah, it can recognise them easier. That's weird, isn't it? Why? I don't know. Why? 
Uh, well, they say it's to do with how it was originally programmed. So it was programmed using more white, white faces. Right, than, of course, yeah. Black faces. You're getting what you put out, I guess, with it. It's just code, isn't it? I, I don't know. I don't know. You would think that it would learn somehow, isn't it? AI. It's not that fucking smart, though, is it? It seems. Know. I don't know. No. But anyway. Yeah, that was a wild story. <laughs> yeah. Don Kiddick. Um, we're going to have to go because uh, NYP and, and Lux are going to be here any minute. Right, okay. Shall we finish with a, an inspirational speech? Yeah, why not? And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh my god, his wife is ours. <laughs> no. Right. Oh god. <sighs> Save us. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we'll be back for episode 200 next week. Mm, Kamala 2024. I never sucked any ding-dongs. No, he definitely didn't. Right. Epic dub. Peace out. Praise Jabalon and all the elves and the Ilhim. Yeah, man. The king in the north! Right. See you next week. Draw. Do it. How dare you? Execute order 69, dudes! Time to week. Oh, I got hairy legs. Hello there. You know what? You're a real wanker. Boot your teacher out of I leaned over. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? All these people have seen my baby penis. Kiss my moister cunt. I like what you got. Good job.